Dr. Luis Sandoval is accomplished in the fields of mental health and spiritual warfare. A medical doctor, board certified in neurology, psychiatry, and family medicine, he is also a psychiatrist for the Roman Catholic Diocese of Orange Ministry of Healing and Deliverance. Now, Dr. Luis Sandoval. All right, well, welcome to the Dr. Luis Sandoval Show here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Always a pleasure to be here with you at the top of the noon hour. Uh, today we're coming live from our, well, not live, it's a recording actually, but coming from our home studios. We're trying a little bit of a different setup and hopefully this works out for us. Um, but as we are at the top of, uh, of the hour, let's go ahead and pray the Angelus like we normally do. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, and she conceived of the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it done unto me according to thy word. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. Pour forth, we beseech thee, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we, to whom the incarnation of Christ thy Son was made known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection, through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke and we humbly pray unto thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host. By the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl around the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Well, all right, folks, today we have a special show for you. You know, it's uh, interesting. I've been getting different uh, topic, different letters, different questions and recommendations on or what do I do when I don't feel like I'm good enough when I don't feel like uh, I'm doing enough for other people, when I feel like I'm doing as much as I can, and right under, this, under the surface, I feel like I'm about to break, but does anybody else notice this or not? I gotta keep a straight face, right? We all kind of feel this way at times, I think, and it's important to remember that we are not alone, because that's one of the biggest challenges when we don't feel like we're good enough, we feel like it's just us against the rest of the world, we're not living up to a certain expectation, uh, be it our own or somebody else's, and that can be very, very daunting. That can easily throw us into a tailspin of how we're feeling, of how we're gonna react, of how we approach the world around us, and not only that, but how we feel about ourselves. And that can be really, really hard. So let's get into it. We're, I'm gonna have a couple of, uh, of interesting emails that came my way, uh, people asking for advice, and we're gonna, have, we're gonna share those on the show. And we're going to see if that resonates with anybody else. But as always, we want to remember that you know we are always going to be important in God's eyes, even if we don't feel that way. Let's look at a couple of Bible verses that tell us about that a little bit. It gives us a better idea as to who we are. So here's a Bible verse from 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God. I like that one. I like starting with that one because when we start feeling that way, when we start feeling lonely, we start feeling like we're not doing what we need to do. 
or we're not doing what we're supposed to do, what we want to do, we're not living up to our own expectations, that can be really hard. It can be hard because all of a sudden, if we're not good enough to ourselves, we're not good enough to the world, what are we doing? You know, and I always worry as a psychiatrist, you come to me, you, I hear these stories, you share these feelings with me. My biggest concern is, are you aware that not only are you worth it, but you are so worth it that I would hate to see anybody fall into a despair, into a darkness, where all of a sudden they feel like life just isn't worth living. Like they don't matter enough to other people or like, there's no reason for us to be here. So why even stick around? That's a really hard place to be. It can be a really dark place. Um, and if you're ever feeling that way, make sure you reach out for help to somebody, reach out to your doctor, your therapist, a friend. If you know somebody who's feeling that way, we're going to talk a little bit later on in the show about what do I do? Because that can be really hard. You know, we want to give encouraging words. We want to help people out. But sometimes it feels like that's not enough or am I even saying the right things? Um, but let's look at this message that was sent to me um, by one of our listeners. Of course, we always keep these anonymous. So if you ever want to share anything with me at my email, it's dr.dr.sandovalvmpr at gmail.com. I try to reach out to all of our listeners as much as I can. Give me a little bit of time sometimes because things get busy a week or two weeks. If you're having an emergency, I'm not the guy to email at that time. You want to call 911, you want to go to the nearest emergency department. But if you're okay with me sharing stories, I always do it anonymously and I always uh, uh, make sure that we protect people's privacy because nobody wants to be singled out. But at the same time, I think it's important to share these stories because we're not alone. And believe it or not, uh, if it sounds like it's something that you might have sent in, it probably wasn't. Um, you know, I got permission from people to, to share these stories. So let's read one of these. It says, Dear Dr. Sandoval, there's so much going on in the world right now, and I have so many doubts about my faith at times that I'm not exactly sure what to do in terms of helping my family and those around me. I feel like I am faking it. I feel like I go through the world keeping a happy smile so that I make sure everybody else is okay, but inside I feel broken. I feel down and I feel like I'm losing my faith. Sometimes I feel like God is not even with me, um, but I still keep going to church and I still keep receiving the sacraments. I just don't feel like it's doing anything. When I'm with my family, I keep smiling because I know that they are going through much bigger things than what I am going through. Um, and so I don't want to burden them with my thoughts and my feelings. I feel very inadequate and very alone. I'm not sure what to do about this. Do you have any advice? Very challenging, challenging situation. This, this happens to all of us. I mean, we go back and look at this, you know, these moments where we're feeling alone and I don't want to burden anybody else because I think people are going through enough of what they're experiencing, their own problems, their own burdens, their own hardships in life. But yet I feel like I'm about to crack. I feel like I am down in the dumps and, and I, I'm not sure that I'm going to make it through. And one of the things that I thought was very important in this uh, uh, email, in this, in this uh, message where they wanted, this person wanted advice is I feel like I'm losing my faith. One of the things that I will give them is, still going to church, still receiving the sacraments, but at times they feel like they're going through the emotions. How many of us feel that way? It's very, very easy to feel that way. It's very common. You know, we show up to church. Am I really focused on what's happening? Do I really have a full understanding that this is right now? What's going to happen is, is Calvary represented, that this is going to be the body and blood of Christ? Or sometimes am I just happy that I made it there on time? And <clears throat> I'm thinking about how I was cut off on the freeway on the way there. Or 
I'm thinking about how my kids didn't get ready on time and we're frustrated. You know, there's so many different things that go through our mind. Are we ever truly, truly present uh, during the sacraments? It can be hard to do, especially if we're feeling inadequate. What about going to confession? Sometimes it just feels like a drive-through, right? I mean, I, I show up to confession and I'm there and I'm thinking, oh no, you know, do I really want to tell this sin? How do I say it? I feel so embarrassed. Um, you know, and we're standing in line and sometimes we get distracted and I look around the church and I say, oh no way, that guy showed up wearing shorts. I can't even, my sin is nothing compared to that. I'm not going to say, you know, we come up with every excuse possible to, to kind of get away or soften uh, what we're supposed to do. And I think that that's even more common if we are feeling down, if we are feeling inadequate. In this particular case, this person didn't mention anything about depression in particular. They just talked about feeling inadequate, feeling less of themselves. I'm feeling like under the surface, this was an important one, under the surface, I'm going to break. I think that that's very, very important because, you know, we keep things, a lot of times we go through life keeping a veneer on. Now, we've just been through a, a whole long period, a couple of years of having to wear face masks. So we fake it till we make it, right? We've got these face masks. We uh, don't have to see each other's face. We don't always show each other our expressions. Um, and hopefully now those are coming down and hopefully we're not going to have those anymore. But in a way, it's metaphorical, right? Sometimes we do that with our own personalities. Right under the surface, we, we keep this veneer, and right under the surface, we might feel like we're breaking, but we keep a smile. We want to show up to people. We want to show that we're holding it together. This can be a very challenging uh, position to be in because what do we do with that? With that? It's a very hard burden in life um, to walk with that, to walk with that kind of a cross, right? Because all of a sudden... I don't know that I'm good enough. How do I tell somebody else that I'm not good enough? You know, I don't want to reveal my vulnerabilities, my insecurities. I don't want to share everything about myself with other people necessarily, because I also want to keep some kind of a discretion. But if people see that, if people see that I'm being insecure, I feel like I'm not going to be taken seriously or people are going to go away from me, right? So I have to keep this strong front. I have to keep pretending that everything's okay, even when it's not very challenging position to be in. The first thing I would say with this is it's great to take a step back. You know, we're feeling lonely. We're feeling insecure. We're feeling like nobody else is going to understand this and everything's going to break. It's great to take a step back and look at, am I doing anything right? Because one of the biggest fallacies that happens, one of the biggest challenges that happen when we're feeling that way is we start using the always and the nevers. And what I mean by that is I'm always doing things wrong. I never do anything right. I'm always being, uh, I'm always insecure. I'm always saying the wrong thing. Why can't I ever, you know, be uh, normal? So we tell ourselves that we, we have these thoughts in our mind. We tell this to ourselves and they're called automatic thoughts. In psychology and psychiatry, we say, what are your automatic thoughts? Automatic thoughts are what we tell ourselves every day internally. And that internal little voice um, that nobody else is hearing but every day we're talking to ourselves a little bit. We're telling ourselves, you know, either we're doing a good job, I'm feeling confident, yes, that was great, um, or, you know, I'm, I'm feeling really bad. One of the biggest challenges is that the more that we tell ourselves something, the more we're going to start to believe it. So if we find ourselves in this position where nothing's good enough or whatever we're doing is not good enough, we have to be very careful as to what we're telling ourselves in terms of, is it the truth or is it not? Is it something that's truly representative of me or is it something that I just keep telling myself and I just keep feeling worse about myself, even though it might not be true? We're going to look at more of this when we come back from the break and see how can we feel better about ourselves on the everyday.
All right. Well, welcome back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You're listening to the Dr. Lee Sandoval Show. As always, I am your host, Dr. Lee Sandoval. Very happy to have you here with us today on this Thursday afternoon. Hope that everything is going well in your day. Um, today, we're talking about an interesting topic. We're talking about not feeling good enough, not feeling like anything that we do is enough for other people and not enough for us. And that can be a very, very challenging position to be in, a challenging place to be in, a challenging way to feel. Mostly because none of that's true. I mean, we feel that way, but for the most part, you know, are we going to be perfect? No, of course we're not perfect. Nobody's perfect. But it can be really, really hard to feel like I need to be doing better and I don't know how. And that's where our frustrations can easily come in um, and we can easily get overwhelmed. And that's, I think, the hardest part. We start to get overwhelmed with our emotions. And then guess what? We really don't do what we're supposed to do. We really don't pay attention to the things that we're supposed to do right because we are overwhelmed. And then all of a sudden it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. We're not doing what we need to do. We don't feel like we're adequate. And we're going to tell ourselves, see, I didn't do that right. Of course, I'm not adequate. Of course, I'm not doing things right. But it's important to remember that we are not alone in this. None of us is perfect. In fact, there's a great Bible verse here, Romans chapter 3, verse 10. As it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. Well, thanks for reminding us about that, St. Paul. Thanks for reminding me that nobody's righteous and not even one because that's not going to make me feel better. At the same time, I would say it should make us feel better or it should give us some hope to know that if nobody's righteous, not even one, I'm in good company. I'm in good company. I'm not alone in this one. I think one of the hardest parts is feeling alone in that respect. Yes, we're around other people. Yes, we're around our family. Yes, we're around our loved ones. But we can feel very alone in our inadequacies, and that can be really hard. Listen to Ephesians, though, because, yes, as Romans tells us, there is not, no one righteous, not even one. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. That's the key. It doesn't matter what we do. As much as, as, much as I want to become righteous, as much as I want to be perfect, as much as I want to make sure that I'm on top of things and ever confident and have no issues, anybody who presents that way, I can tell you as a psychiatrist, that's a great veneer and it's a great way to present yourself. And if you're feeling confident in Christ, that's a good way to be. Most people will present that way because they're going to have their confidence from Christ. But anybody who presents that way telling you that, you know, they've got it all together, or it looks like their life's figured out, trust me, it's not. It might be just that they're having a good day. It might be that they're able to do that on the other day. Or it might be that they're doing what I hope we all do is recognize this last verse I just read. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. If I can recognize every day that it is God who put me on this planet, God who gave me existence, and that my righteousness is going to come from God, that I will not be perfect otherwise, guess what? I can have confidence. I can realize that no matter what I do, it can offer it to God. I can give it to God. I can recognize that it is God working through me, because I'm going to cooperate with that grace that God is providing for me, now I can be confident. Now I can feel good about the fact that I'm not righteous, but guess what? It's not that I'm not striving for it. It's that I'm not going to be righteous because we're not perfect. My righteousness is going to come from God, and he's going to perfect us. That's the key. That's how we have to think as Catholics. If we're going to think like Catholics so that we can live like Catholics so we can be Catholic, this is where it has to start. When I start to feel inadequate, i got to remember my sense of confidence, my sense of feeling like I know what I'm doing in this world has to start with God. It goes back to this other Bible verse, John chapter 15, verse 5. 
I am the vine, you are the branches. I know we hear that all the time. Very common uh, uh, Bible verse. We hear it in the Gospels. We hear it from different people. We see it on maybe bumper stickers or people put it out there. I'm the vine, you are the branches. Christ goes on to say, whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. This is an important part to consider. We hear it all the time, but we need to really meditate on this one when it comes to feeling inadequate. Apart from me, you can do nothing. I think one of the reasons that people start to feel inadequate or we start to feel like, you know, I'm not good enough is because there's a part of us that believes I have to do this on my own. There's no, there's no other way to do it. I'm on my own. It's got to be out of my own power, of my own will, of my own volition uh, that things can be done right. And we fail to recognize, we forget that we can do nothing without God allowing it. Even every breath we take, it's because God is allowing it and God is in that breath that we take. If we forget that, boy, if I'm left to my own devices, it's not going to be good enough. I'm going to fail I'm, and I'm going to feel inadequate. I think that's when we start feeling that way. From that last uh, email that I had written, that, that, that I had read, uh, that was sent to me, one of the important things and one of the things that I, that I told this uh, listener was keep doing what you're doing. You know, how we feel versus what the facts are can be very, very different. One of the things that I let them know was you're still going to receive the sacraments. You're showing up to church. You're showing up to confession. That's what's going to be key in your life because walking by faith sometimes means that I don't feel good. I don't feel the presence of God. I don't feel like God is around. I don't feel like I'm doing the right things, even though intellectually I know that I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I, I am going to church. I am being nice to my family. I'm not trying not to burden my family. So intellectually I know, yeah, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. However, is that enough? It has to be because if we offer it to God, if we say, God, I know that I don't feel your presence right now, but I want to walk with you. And I'm hoping that you're walking with me. Christ, let me feel that you are around. We start thinking that way. We start to recognize that it's not up to me. It's not my actions. It's not my will. It's not my power. It's the will of God that I'm alive and doing what I'm doing. I want God to be first in my life. I want him to let me know what's right and what's wrong. Once I can think that way, once I do that, I'm going to start having that confidence that even if I don't feel like I'm doing everything 100%, I can feel comfortable in walking the walk because I know that that is what God wants of me. You know, it's interesting. One of my favorite saints who at times herself said she didn't feel the presence of God. Actually, through much of her life, she didn't feel the presence of God was Mother Teresa. She said that she wondered where God was, that she felt this emptiness spiritually, that she wasn't sure she was doing the right thing internally because she didn't feel God. She wondered, where is God? She would actually ask us of her confessor, where is God? Because there would be months, years that went by and there was no God. It was just a matter of doing the right thing, doing what we have been taught is right, even if it doesn't feel like we are 100% connected uh, to the spiritual world, or we don't feel like we're getting that reassurance spiritually, uh, you know, that sense of confidence or that spiritual consolation that we all seek, even if we're not getting that, it's a matter of what are we going to do in the off season, so to speak. You know, athletes talk about this all the time when they're playing, when they're on, when they're on, when they're in the spotlight and it's the season, basketball season, football season, you know, they're working out and they're training, they're training for the next game. But then there's the off season when they're not playing the sport. What's the training going on there? What, what's going to happen there? What, are they going to keep feeling like 
they need to get better, like they need to train, even though there's no spotlight on them, even though there's no game coming up? Or do they realize that even though it's kind of dry in terms of that emotional excitement about the game, even though there might not be you know, cameras around or anybody watching, what I do here is going to be important when that season comes up again. And that dryness that we might feel, that sense of inadequacy, that's going to go away. That's going to be peaks and valleys. We're going to come to a point where we're going to start to feel good again about ourselves, where we're going to start to feel like we matter. And then what's really going to be important then is what did we do while we weren't feeling that? Did we continue the course? Did we continue to follow God and do what we know is right, even if we weren't feeling like God was present in our lives? That's what's going to matter. I've not always been perfect with that. I mean, we go through these dry spells and we feel like, yeah, what's it all worth it? Why? why? What's the point? You know, I keep trying hard and nobody seems to appreciate it. I keep trying to do with the best I can. And boy, you know, my spouse isn't listening to me. My kids, they don't seem to be uh, obeying me all the time or doing what, I, what I'm saying. But, you know, for me personally, that's when I check in with my wife and I say, is it me? Or is it is this what's happening? And she'll say, no, it's just you. Kids are fine. Or you're doing a great job or something. It's nice to reach out and get that reassurance. Mother Teresa used to talk to her spiritual director. She used to talk to her confessor. In spite of feeling like there was a dryness uh, in, her, in her interior life. And that's really what this conversation is about, is what's going on in our interior life. Nobody's going to doubt that Mother Teresa was a saint. Or is a saint. I mean, canonically, she's, she's been uh, uh, sanctified. She's been called a saint. She's got the title. And everybody looks at her life work and says, that is the life of a saint. Her life work speaks volumes because she, thought, she never thought of herself. She was looking out for those who were dying. She was looking out for the poorest of the poor. She was looking out for who she could help out more. She was reaching out to people um, and bringing that spirituality, bringing that love of God that she knew God had for others, even if she didn't feel it herself. I think that that's one of the keys when it comes to this. If we're feeling like we're breaking under the surface, it's important to reach out and to recognize that God loves everybody. Can I, tell, can I honestly say that God loves somebody else and not me? It would probably pretty, be pretty impossible because God made all of us. And if he made all of us, he's going to love every single one of us, regardless of who we are, regardless of what our political position is, regardless of our if we have perceived power, regardless if we have you know a big following, regardless if we're quiet and nobody really knows who we are. God loves us all the same. We have to believe that because all of a sudden if I say, no, God doesn't love me, God himself will say, then why did I make you? Why do you exist if not because I love you? That's what we got to get back to. It's not always easy to see that. It's easy to say. It's easy to talk about it. It's not always easy to do. So that's one of the things that we want to keep in mind. Let's look at a few more Bible verses because these are these are important, um, especially if we're feeling dry, especially if we're feeling like, what am I doing? It's important to remember that we want to turn back to the Bible, back to the scriptures, because that again reminds us who we are. Let's look at Romans chapter 8. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. If I'm feeling dry about everything else, I better turn to that cross and hug that cross and make my recourse to the cross, right? Why? Because a lot of times if we're feeling dry like that, we could be, you know, people ask me, Dr. Sandoval, is this a, is this a negative influence? Is this a dark force working in my life? I say, yes. Whether it be a physical dark force because physically we're not doing well, whether it be a mental dark force because we're starting to feel depressed or inadequate, whether it be a spiritual dark force because people feel like, oh, there's a demon working on me or hurting my brain. Um, you know, any of those could be happening. And what do we do? What do we do in order to free ourselves of this? 
we turn to the cross. What do we use in deliverance all the time? When somebody is truly being unduly influenced by negative spirits, we bring out that crucifix, right? And we say, behold the cross. Do you love Christ? We use the cross as a symbol of our faith to remind us that we are made whole in Christ. That's what I love about that verse. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. If Christ doesn't condemn us, we can't condemn ourselves. It would be silly to do that in that, in that state. But I know that it feels that way. It can easily feel that way. Here's another one that's really good. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, accordance with the riches of God's grace. And that's really the key. Sometimes we feel like we're not doing the right thing on this planet, on this earth materially. I didn't make the best dinner. I didn't, uh, you know, like, gosh, I don't drive the best car in the world. I wish I had a bigger house. We think all these different things in terms of the material world. But at the end of the day, our sense of confidence and our sense of adequacy really comes from the redemption through his blood. That's where we're made whole. That's where we're made new, if you will, um, because none of us are perfect we're feeling down, make sure you reach out to somebody. Make sure you talk to somebody. And remember that Christ is still working in our lives, even if we don't see it. We're going to talk more about this when we come back from the break. All right. Well, welcome back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You're listening to the Dr. Luis Sandoval Show. Always a pleasure to be here on a Thursday afternoon with all of our listeners. Hope everybody's having a wonderful day. Today, we're talking about something very, very important and something that can uh, really affect a lot of people, and that's feeling inadequate or feeling like we're not good enough. You know, this happens to us all the time. Why? Because we get into our everyday routines and we set these goals for ourselves. We feel like we need to achieve a certain level of, uh, of perfection uh, and to live up to other people's expectations. And it's easy to forget that the only expectation we really need to live up to is that of God and how we are doing in God's eyes. You know, it's important to remember that in a lot of different ways because we start to feel inadequate in many places. I'm gonna read you this other uh, email that was sent to me by one of our listeners. It's very important uh, because, well, this is what he said. He says, Dear Dr. Sandoval, um, <clears throat> I don't know how to bring this up. I don't feel like I'm doing a good job at work. I feel like I'm about to be fired every day. Every time I do something, I feel like it's the wrong thing. One of my coworkers, who's a good friend, tells me that I'm overthinking things and I should be okay. But I feel like my boss doesn't like me, the way he looks at me, the way he talks to me. I go home and I feel tired. I feel like I'm not doing enough for my wife or my kids. I wanna just go into my room and not think. I don't drink too much, but I do have a drink every time I get home to relax. Um, I don't feel that I'm paying enough attention to my family because I'm always thinking about work. And when I'm at work, I'm always thinking about how I'm wrong. Please help me. Uh, and then they mention their name. So, you know, as always, we keep these confidential. Very common. You know, very common to feel this way, especially in the workplace today. You know, a lot of people are worried in the last few years. A lot of people have been losing their jobs. A lot of jobs have been have been uh, shut down. A lot of changes in the way that we've gone out to the workplace. In this particular case, this person feels like they're not doing a good job. Now, they have a friend who's telling them that they are. And I like that. I like the fact that we have somebody to reach out to. That's always important. Let's reach out to somebody. Let's talk to somebody who has our, our best interests at heart. Because there's a lot of people who, if you're at work, especially like in this case, and you feel like, gosh, I'm not doing a good job, there's a lot of people who are gonna who are gonna egg you on in that because there might be jealousies out there, they might want your position, they might want different things. That can happen because we're human beings and, and it's human nature. 
I encourage everybody to reach out to somebody who really has our best interest in heart and isn't looking to gain something for themselves and helping us out. That's a true friend, right? Sometimes we need a true friend. This is why I like checking in with my spouse and telling her, hey, I feel stressed out or I'm feeling this way or that way. You know, I trust that she's going to tell me no, yes, or, you know, be honest with me about how I'm doing. It's obviously in her best interest too. Uh, you know, we're married, we want to get along, we want uh, things to be happy in our lives. So it's in our best interest to help each other out. It's best to find somebody like that, somebody who's going to tell you, honestly, you know, you're doing this right, you're not doing this right, uh, different things of that nature. This is really hard too, because this person mentioned, so that their they feel like their boss doesn't like them, probably the way they talk to them, the way they look at them. We start to read certain things when we start feeling this way. And what I would hate to see is any kind of self-fulfilling prophecy. So I would hate for anybody to uh, go through the motions and go, go to work or go different places and say, yeah, you see, I knew it. Look at that way that person talked to me. They just said that. I know why they said that. They said it because I'm acting this way or I'm feeling this way or because I'm doing things wrong. And sometimes it has nothing to do with it, but we start reading into things. That can be really, really hard. You know, a lot of times this happens that we take on a lot of burdens. And sometimes we'll take on more burdens because we want to impress other people, right? We say, oh, yeah, I'll do that because I want to be, you know, I want to be a team player. I want my boss to like me. I really don't want to do it. I don't like it, but I want to make sure that other people like me. And that can be very dangerous, too. We want to set up the boundaries. I mentioned that because I didn't see that in the message. It wasn't something that was brought up as far as am I overdoing it at work, underdoing it, or what's going on, but just a lot of work, uh, stress in the workplace. And that can happen, Right. So when it comes to the workplace, just like at home, um, I recommend checking in with a friend. Listen to that friend who's telling you you're doing okay or you're overthinking things. That's important to do. Um, but one of the important things here is I come home and say, I come home and I just want to stay away from my family and I just want to drink, right? And this is so common. Somebody comes home uh, from work or we come home from being out and the family is the last thing we think about. And we really need to calm ourselves down uh, and we turn to alcohol. Other people, this person turned to alcohol. Other people will turn to drugs. You know, I have a lot of patients who say, I come home and I start smoking marijuana. I've got a few patients who do either cocaine. I've even got a few patients who do methamphetamine, you know, different things like that. And that's how people are starting to cope. We're starting to cope by shutting our brains down. I think it's dangerous on many levels. One, from a basic medical psychiatric level, Obviously, we don't recommend drugs because why? You're going to get addicted. You're going to ruin your life even further, uh, and you're going to stress it even further than the way you're feeling right now. Never recommend turning to drugs because it's artificial. Um, so that's one way people do it. Another way people will do it, let's say that they don't turn to drugs, but they just shut down. They go into a room by themselves. They ignore their spouse. They ignore their kids. They go watch a movie. They go do something, anything but interact with a family. And that can be really dangerous because we're forgetting that the family is a sacrament in and of itself. It's like saying, it's the equivalent of saying, I'm going to turn away from the Eucharist. I'm going to turn away from going to confession. I'm going to turn away from my vocation as a priest. I'm not going to pay attention to, to my parishioners or, you know, if we're in holy orders and, and let's say you're a nun or a brother, I'm not going to, I'm not going to read my breviary. I'm not going to say my daily prayers. I'm not going to put as much fervor into it. That's dangerous, right? Because now we're turning away from our sacrament. I'm no longer paying attention to what I need to pay attention to. And that can be really, really hard. It can be hard because now we're separating ourselves from what's most important in our lives. And that's cooperating with the graces that God gives us through Our Lady. So it's important to remember that regardless of what's going on, whether it be at work or at home, it's important to remember that, yes, of course I do matter. 
I matter to God, I matter to Christ, and that's really where my heart needs to be. Let's look at a few Bible verses that might help us out with that, and we're going to talk about a few ways to improve um, as well in terms of how do I turn to God in, the, in these conditions. Um, let's see, there was one here from Isaiah. I think this one was very, very important. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 4, it says, Others were given in exchange for you. I traded their lives for yours because you are precious to me. You are honored and I love you. Let's read that again. This is powerful. Others were given in exchange for you. I traded their lives for yours because you are precious to me. You are honored and I love you. That's pretty powerful right there. That's important to consider. Um, and look at what Christ is telling us. He's telling us that, you know, others were given in exchange for me. He traded their lives for ours. We don't know what's happening in this world. We don't even understand really what's going on right now in times of wars, in times of why are people doing what they're doing? What are they attacking? Um, and we forget what's precious in the eyes of God. We forget that we are precious in the eyes of God. And we forget that people are what matter, not things. Christ is saying, we don't know why others died and why we're still alive. I read this and I think of the, the current situation um, over in the Ukraine. And he says, I traded their lives for yours. Why are people dying in the Ukraine? I don't know. But are those people offering sacrifices that somehow are going to help me in my life? I better earn those sacrifices. I better merit those by really focusing on my life. And now, of course, people are going to say, well, wow, now I really feel bad because I'm doing bad. No. The way I think of it is I better recognize that those people are suffering, and I bet you there's a lot of holy Christians offering up their sacrifice and their lives right now, saying, Christ, I offer this to you. I don't know why this is happening. I don't know why we're dying. I don't know why my family's dying. I don't know why my apartment's in rubble. I don't know why the streets are broken up. I don't know why there's this imminent threat of death and bombing in our lives. I don't know, but I'm going to offer that up to you. Guess what? Those graces are going to other people in the world. Um, if they're offering it up, and they might be coming to me. I don't know that. I don't know that I'm not receiving graces from them. I don't know that that's not a reason why we're not talking right now, you know, why we're able to have this conversation about our faith. That could be what's happening, that God might be saying, you know, I'm going to bring I'm going to bring this to light. I'm going to bring our faith to light, and it happens, unfortunately, through martyrdom. I bet you a lot of those people are martyrs because they're dying for the faith. They're dying for their faith in their hearts, Right. They're saying, I'm offering my death. I'm offering my life to you, Christ. That's the way I want to think for myself. If I'm ever feeling inadequate, if I'm ever feeling like things aren't going well at work, things aren't going well at home, because that's common, that's going to happen, I'm going to offer it up. That's the key. And guess what? I'm going to offer up this feeling. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. I'm just going to go through, say, go through the motions. Sometimes we say, fake it till I make it. But what I know is going to be important is I'm going to offer this up, and I hope that this suffering or this ill, Ill feeling that I'm having, this feeling bad, feeling down, I hope that it's helping somebody else in the world. In fact, if the people who are currently going through wars and dying might be offering their suffering for me, I'm going to give it right back. I'm going to offer any little suffering I think I have here in my world, I'm going to offer it for them. I think that that's what's going to be key in our lives, a key way to move forward, and more importantly, to remember where my faith is and what's important, to really get out of my own head um, in order to realize what is important. Look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. That's powerful right there. We are his workmanship. But God, remember, God made us. There's a purpose. God doesn't make anything without a purpose. And the fact that I exist, God made me. That's overwhelming. That can be overwhelming sometimes. But it's good to sit in that and remember 
wow, all these things that sometimes I think are a big deal are not that big a deal. Here's another one for you. This is from 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. Why? Because he tells us we are the royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. When I start feeling down, I better remember that. Because I better remember that it's even the smallest of things that I do in this world mean have eternal reward and eternal effects on others' lives and on my life as well. You know, when I start thinking that I'm not doing good enough or that I'm not perfect enough, it takes me back to the little flower. And I remember one of the things that she said, St. Therese of Lisieux, the little flower, she was talking about how her way, they call it, you know, the, the little way, where she did everything with love. She said that even, let's pretend, putting a pencil right where it needs to be, organizing my desk, putting a, a utensil back in the drawer where it needs to be, if it's done with love and it's, if it's done right, it has infinite merit in heaven. Every little act we do has infinite merit in heaven. Why? Because she's putting things back in order. She says, just putting things back in order where they belong, even in the smallest of things, can have infinite merit and infinite value in the eyes of God. Why? Because it's done by somebody that he created. God created each of us. If we do things even in the slightest of, of ways, it's going to have infinite merit. We're going to feel much better, and it's going to get us out of ourselves. It's important to talk to other people, but it's also important to remember as we're doing that, what can I do in my own life to remember who I am? We're going to talk a little bit more when we come back from the break um, in terms of how can I do that, not only at home, but at work. All right, and welcome back to Virgin Mouse Powerful Radio. You're listening to the Dr. Lee Sandoval Show here uh, on this wonderful Thursday afternoon. I hope everybody's doing well. Um, before we go on and here in the last segment of our show, I want to remind everybody we are having a marriage and family conference. And it's going to be May 7th, 2022, uh, from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. at the historic Sacred Heart Chapel. That's 381 West Center in Covina, California. Hope everybody can join us. Um, I think it's going to be a great event. It's going to be talks by, I'm going to be there giving talks on marriage and the family. I think this is such an important topic. You know, Our Lady of Fatima, uh, when she talked to St. Lucia, she, they, they told us the family is the final battle in, the, in our spiritual battles. Um, I want to make it the first battle. Why wait till the end? Let's make it the first battle and let's see how we can strengthen our families and solidify the sacrament of marriage um, in order to really, in, in our current world, in order to really bring the light of Christ through that sacrament. So make sure you join us. Again, that was Saturday, May 7th, 2022, from 9 to 4 at the Sacred Heart Historic Chapel uh, in Covina. All right. Today, we're talking about when we don't feel adequate, when we don't feel good enough, when we feel like we need to separate ourselves, we get home from work, work isn't going well, I want to go into my room by myself, I just want to drink, I don't want to think, um, you know, I'm home with my family, I'm not doing what I think is right, I feel like I'm upsetting everybody, or I would upset everybody if I shared how I really felt. So I really got to hold it together. I got to be the strong one. You know, I got to make sure that the kids get to places on times. So I got to make sure that my spouse is okay. I got to make sure I take care of all these things. And I better put myself second. I better put my feelings behind because otherwise things are going to fall apart. That's a really hard burden to carry. 
you know, very common for us to feel like we're falling apart, very common for us to feel like we're inadequate. Um, and that's really hard because at the end of the day, it's a lie. You know, why do I say it's a lie? Because we're much more important than that regardless of what we do in life, regardless of what our jobs are, regardless of uh, who, who we've married, who our kids are, anything along those lines, we are always important in the eyes of God. One of the big challenging things, uh, aside from the emails that I read, a lot of parents always call me and they say, my, my kid needs help. They're, they're not getting help. They need help because they're doing drugs or they need help because uh, all of a sudden they're confused in terms of their identity or all these different things, you know, that we that they start to experience. And one of the things I remind parents is you, you're carrying on a big burden for yourself and you're making it feel like you're responsible uh, for your adult kids' choices. And we got to remember that you're not. You know, we get to a certain point in our lives where I'm making choices for myself and I can no longer blame my parents for those choices. I get to a certain age where I realize my parents have nothing to do with what I am doing. I feel for parents, so I'm glad that you want to help out your family. I want to help that you want to help out your kids. But what I tell them is don't put any undue burden on yourself because kids also have a will of their own. And now I say I call them kids because to us, our kids are going to be kids the rest of our lives and, and even regardless of their age. But the reality is, you know, we get to a certain age where we start making our own choices. We have our own will and nobody else is responsible for that, not even our parents. So as we think about that, let's look at that fact that every one of us is made by God. And I really want to focus on what can I do? What is within my purview? What can I change and what can I not change? Those are the important things to consider. Let's look at this Bible verse. Uh, this is John chapter 14, verses 23 to 24. It says, Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them and will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the father who sent me. If you notice something, I love this Bible verse because it shows the interplay of the family, the family of God of the Father, God of the Son. God the Son telling us that he obeys the Father to the end, even in the words he is speaking. Uh, you know, he says, these words that you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. It's God who's God of the Father who's telling me to say this. We want to remember that because when we go through our lives and we're doing things, this is where we say, gosh, I'm not doing a good enough job. I should be doing better. All I can say is we want to remember that that which I do better honor God because it's God who keeps me going. I want to tap into the strength of God. I want to cooperate with the graces God sent me so that I can move forward, right? And so that I can feel more like myself, my true self, which is uh, the way God sees us. God sees us as his children. The same way that I think we see our children is for children from the time that they're young till they're, till they're older, I think God never stops seeing us as his children. That's important to remember. If I start feeling down, I got to remember God is still seeing me as his child and he wants to take care of me. But I got to put in my part too. This one, the first part of that verse is beautiful. Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. Whenever we're feeling distraught, again, this is where it goes back to keep going through the motions, even if you don't feel it. Obey the teachings of Christ. Let's live that sacramental life. Let's go to the liturgy. Let's go receive the Eucharist. Let's go to confession. Let's live our sacramental marriage the way it was meant to be. And we're going to see that God is going to start living in our lives. Now, a lot of people tell me, like I said earlier in the show, um, you know, gosh, I feel like, I don't know, like this darkness, like I'm like, there's something else. Like, it's not just me. I think that I'm being unduly influenced by evil spirits. Something's going on. And I tell them, and I need you to pray. 
I need you to pray prayers that are going to help you, whether it be binding prayers. I don't know if you have the, the book, uh, uh, Deliverance Prayers for the Laity by Father Chad Ripperger. Great book to have. Lots of good prayers in there. I've prayed it many a times here uh, with my own family. Uh, when I, we feel like things are getting heavy or things aren't doing so well, I pray that and guess what? Things start getting better. I don't think it's much of a coincidence either. People will say, oh, sure, you know, it's because you think that it, that it's this or that, or you think that you just made it work. No, I think prayers really do work because I think there's a spiritual life out there that really is happening. There's a, give you an example. There was one time uh, I remember being at work and I was feeling really heavy internally. I was feeling emotionally heavy. I wasn't sure what was going on. It didn't make sense to me because intellectually I knew things were going really well. You know, there was no problem. I was seeing my patients. I was talking to them. There were no issues. Um, things were going really well at work, but I was feeling heavy. I didn't know why. And I decided, well, what, what can I do here at work? I remember this was right before lunchtime. And I asked myself, what is it that I can do to feel better? I said, I better say some prayers. So I took out my book. I don't know if anybody has this book. Let me see if you can see it here on the screen. The Exilium Christianorum book. Uh, it's also by Father Chad Ripperger. Anybody who's in deliverance ministry uh, knows of these prayers. But I highly recommend it. And when I started praying the prayers, there's a very important, powerful prayer in here called the Litany of the Most Precious Blood of Our Lord Jesus Christ. You pray this prayer and all this darkness is just going to want to go away. That's just what happens. Why? Because we're turning to the blood of Christ to redeem us. Let's go ahead and pray here as we finish out the show. In case anybody's feeling heavier burden, this one goes out to you. And it goes like this. Let's go ahead and pray. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, hear us. Christ, graciously hear us. God, the Father of heaven, have mercy on us. God, the Son, Redeemer of the world, have mercy on us. God of the Holy Spirit, have mercy on us. Holy Trinity, one God, have mercy on us. Blood of Christ, only begotten Son of the Eternal Father, save us. Blood of Christ, incarnate Word of God, save us. Blood of Christ of the New and Eternal Testament, save us. Blood of Christ, falling upon the earth in agony, save us. Blood of Christ, shed profusely in the scourging, save us. Blood of Christ, flowing forth in the crowning with thorns, save us. Blood of Christ, poured out on the cross, save us. Blood of Christ, price of our salvation, save us. Blood of Christ, without which there is no forgiveness, save us. Blood of Christ, Eucharistic drink and refreshment of souls, save us. Blood of Christ, stream of mercy, save us. Blood of Christ, victor over demons, save us. Blood of Christ, courage of martyrs, save us. Blood of Christ, strength of confessors, save us. Blood of Christ, bringing forth virgins, save us. Blood of Christ, help of those in peril, save us. Blood of Christ, relief of the burden, save us. Blood of Christ, solace in sorrow, save us. Blood of Christ, hope of the penitent, save us. Blood of Christ, consolation of the dying, save us. Blood of Christ, peace and tenderness of heart, save us. Blood of Christ, pledge of eternal life, save us. Blood of Christ, freeing souls from purgatory, save us. Blood of Christ, most worthy of all glory and honor, save us. Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world, spare us, O Lord. Lamb of God, who taketh away the sins of the world, graciously hear us, O Lord. Lamb of God, who taketh away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. Thou has redeemed us with thy blood, O Lord, and made of us a kingdom for our God. And it just says, let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, who has appointed thy only begotten Son to be the Redeemer of the world, and has been pleased to be reconciled unto us by his blood, grant us, we beseech thee, so to venerate with solemn worship the price of our salvation, that the power thereof may here on earth keep us from all things hurtful, and the fruit of the same may gladden us hereafter in heaven. Through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. That is a powerful prayer, a prayer to the precious blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's how we're redeemed, folks. We're redeemed through the blood of Christ. There's no other way. And that's what gives us our value. 
I think when we're feeling down, we pray that and we're going to start to remember how we feel. What I got to tell you is when I was feeling heavy that day at work, when I was feeling burdened, when I was feeling something was just off, I prayed my Zillum Christian Norman prayers. And right, no sooner had I prayed that prayer than I literally felt something lift internally. Literally, I felt something just become, the world became light. All of a sudden, there was no burden. Why? Because I, I, the blood of Christ drives away dark, darkness. There's no other way around it. It's the blood of Christ that redeemed us. If we feel like we're cracking below the surface, let's remember, let's unite that to the blood of Christ. And I bet you we're going to start to feel a whole lot better. Let's look at a few more Bible readings um, that really remind us who we are and why God, God made us. This is Psalms 138, verse 8. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your, your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. What is the work of your hands? We're the work of God's hands. And that's another thing that's important to remember. There were a few articles and a, a few uh, questions and confusions last week about, you know, is somebody trying in, in this war that's going on in Eastern Europe, is somebody really going to tear down the churches and really offend the, the, uh, the body of Christ that way uh, and desecrate the churches that, that have been built? What we've got to remember is the way God sees us. He's not looking at those churches as what's important. He's looking at every one of those people who are out there huddled, scared in the subways or hiding in bunkers or somewhere around. Those are the churches that God is looking at because we're temples of the Holy Spirit. We've got to remember that as well when we're feeling down and upset. We've got to remember, I'm still a temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit still lives in me. There's a reason why I feel this way. I'm going to offer it up. And in fact, I'm going to offer this up for anybody else who's feeling this way, anybody else who's feeling despondent, because our life is what's important. The people on this earth are what's important. We're all brothers and sisters in Christ, regardless of the faith people choose to follow. You know, sometimes people, we, we label each other and we say, oh, that person is Muslim or that person is Protestant or that person is Catholic. No, we're all children of Christ. What faith do we choose to follow? Are we following the true faith? We are all still precious in the eyes of God, regardless of what faith we follow. That's important to remember. Let's look at this one from Philippians. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. That's another important one. You know, when we wonder when we're feeling down and weak and like we don't have any power, it's the power of Christ that gives us strength. So here in the last minute of the show, what I want to remind everybody, it's okay if you're feeling down. It's okay if you're feeling like you're breaking under the surface. You're not alone. The most important thing is reach out to somebody. Make sure that you talk to somebody. Make sure that you call somebody. Send me an email. Let me know how you're doing. I'll say hi and, and see how you are. And we want to make sure that we build each other up. The most important thing, however, is we are made whole in the blood of Christ. That's what that's what it comes down to. If I feel like I'm not adequate, I got to remind myself, guess what? I'm probably not. But when am I going to be adequate? When am I going to be perfected? I'm going to be perfected through the sacrifice of Christ who died on the cross for each one of us. I want to leave us with one more. Um, this is more important than anything else. Romans chapter 8. He says, uh, nothing in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. That is, in Christ Jesus our that's what it comes down to. It's the love of God, him shedding his blood for us. Until next week, I say, keep it Catholic and we'll see you here at the Dr. Sandoval Show.